This is The Right Connection. This podcast is designed to help you choose the right words and stories in your business content to create authentic connections with prospects, clients, partners, and colleagues. On today's episode of The Right Connection, Catherine Burroughs is joined by voiceover artist Earl Thomas, who calls himself the voice. He specializes in promotional videos, website videos, master of ceremonies, business messages, and introductions for local entertainers, and various voiceover projects. His experience of completed voiceover projects includes over 50 promo videos, including five Vimeo videos, Kickstarter videos, YouTube videos, with over 275,000 views and counting. Now the host of The Right Connection, Catherine Burroughs. Hi, Earl. Welcome to The Right Connection today. How are you? Good. Thanks, Catherine. I'm glad to be here. Nice to connect all the way across Canada. Yes, it is. I love the miracle of Zoom, how we can talk to people in different provinces, countries, time zones, continents. It's made us all a global community. Yeah, it feels good to be connected with people. That's for sure. I'm glad I met you through uh, Carl Richards. Yeah. Yes. Well, we love Carl. We could talk about how much we love Carl for the whole episode, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll be listening too. (laughs) Yes, but we we do have so much other value that we want to bring to the listeners. So why don't you give us a bit of background on how you got into doing voiceovers and what kind of training you've been through? Well, it goes a long way back. When I was about nine years old and my mom had sent my brother and myself to the Victoria Gospel Chapel, and they had a radio program on CHUB AM 1570. I don't know why, but Bob Burns picked me to come in and read scripture and, you know, pre-record it. There was a program going on live, a rock and roll program. Gene McCormick was a DJ, and man, was he having fun. I mean, his energy was all over the place. He was much faster, 10 million times faster than the Energizer Bunny. So I was bitten with the the interest in radio. And I listened to CKLG and CFUN. They were the competitors in the Vancouver area. And I just loved rock and roll. Imagine being on radio. How much fun would that be? So every once in a while... Like if I made a doctor's appointment or somebody would comment on my voice. Oh, by the way, were you on radio at one time? And I said, no. And then I got off the call and I said, I wonder why they asked me that. I didn't get it. And then when I was in Bible college, they needed a narrator for this uh, musical. And I got a lot of good comments on it. And I thought, you know, I don't want to come to retirement and not know if I could make it in radio. So I volunteered at Simon Fraser's radio station in the late 80s. And I enjoyed that for a couple of years, did some news, and then got into my own show, The Duke of Earl. And then I got working in a group home. And I thought, well, I'm going to take a night school course, BCIT. And it was radio and TV announcing with Terry Chan and Doreen Copeland. It was the most fun part of my whole week. Then I applied for the full day program at BCIT, and it was hard to get in. I had to pass this computer course that had never had anything to do with computers. And this large interview, more than one person interviewing me, and it was tough to get in, but I'm glad I got in. And I went to Penticton after graduation, was my first gig, to be the overnight announcer at Giant FM. And from there, from Giant FM, I came back to Vancouver. And 
I took this voiceover course and Kathy Wesselak, she gave the opportunity to have, you know, voiceover consultations. And that's where it started. She says, I'm going to get you. So you're really varied in your voice. So you're not stuck in one genre. And if you listen to the LinkedIn profile and the different types there, you'll see there's a lot of variety. I could even do a female voice. I'll send you a demo later. But I love voiceover. I love the challenge of being diverse because everything is different. So I think that gives you a beginning and you probably got more questions. Yeah. Is that a real danger than being stuck in one genre? Well, I won't be because then there's so many other ones and you wouldn't get much work if it's just in one. Unless you happen to be one of those guys in was it Scotland or Britain who does those narrations for the National Geographic. I mean, it's, he's got a great British or Scottish voice, and I'm sure he makes loads of money. <laughs> yes. So looking at your LinkedIn profile, I mean, you have, you know, over 90 projects listed there and just going through some of the highlights included Toastmasters, various radio projects, as you've mentioned, telephone prompts, infomercials, audiobooks, business videos, and even projects for churches. And the one that fascinated me the most was where your role was the breath of heaven. I just have to know the story behind that. Well, I was the voice throughout the breath of heaven. And there was a lot of practices. And Michelle Roguet was a director. And, you know, I had to come in at certain times and just have the right timing and everything. And I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't just get up there and you do one segment, but it was throughout. And, you know, I love the narration. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. What are a couple of other highlights for you? There's so many. You know, it's waiting for the finalized script. And it's important to wait for it. Make sure that they're ready for it. I had to wait for it. Teresa Paraskevescu's for the Hartwell therapy, but it was worth the wait because eventually I interviewed her on my podcast and I liked the one question I asked her. Somebody out there is sitting on the fence and they don't know whether they want to have a professional voice for their video. What would you say, Teresa? And her answer was like so affirming, like a professional like myself who really knows what they're doing. And, you know, she went for it. And I like the Hartwell therapy. It's one style. That's the narration style. But there's many different styles. There's a hot sale where you really just really turn it on. And I always thought I was more like the narration, the slower. But, you know, it's really the great pumping up that energy. And what about Toastmasters? What did you do there? Oh, well, I've been there at seven years and I got my competent communication and the CL, and I'm on the pathways, the new system. I'm currently taking the presentation mastery and I'm on my level four working to get it done. I just did a really interesting speech about the importance of friends, but it was a mandatory project, which doesn't happen very often, but I had to be interrupted throughout the speech and I kept my focus. And because of Toastmasters, it's an advanced club. So it led to doing something I never ever expected I would do when I started there, because it is an advanced club, is getting up on stage at Yuck Yuck's Comedy Club. And I did it three times because I took a comedy course, Stand Up for Mental Health. 
And part of the course is you do a debut. We did that at a coffee shop. And then the graduation was at Yuck Yucks. And it's the lights are hot up there. And you really can't see too well. It wasn't to the third time that I noticed I can look down a little bit. I can see the audience. But twice, I'm in Toastmasters. A lot of them go up there. They're not going to forget anything. But because I'm in Toastmasters, I just went and just internalized it. And on the debut and on the grad, it happened twice. I got on one joke and I said, it's coming. Like Because the punchline didn't come right away. And it came both times. But I got a big laugh just from that. So, you know, it was really fun dealing with mental health issues with stand-up comedy. And working with David Grenier was just awesome. He is a, a very funny comedian who deals with mental health issues. Well, that's certainly a very broad range of experiences and all kinds of different audiences. I think, you know, one of the things that you and I have in common is that we're both looking for the authentic voice for our clients. And so can you tell me a little bit about how that process works for you? Well, you call it the authentic voice. I call it the right voice because the client wants to have the right voice because when somebody turns their video on, They don't want their customers listening for three seconds. Have you ever opened up a YouTube video and you say, oh, this is a long one. I'll just listen for five minutes. But the voice just draws you in. And you look and see, oh, I've listened for 30 minutes already. So the right voice is taking care of it, warming it up before you start. You know, because sometimes when I voice something, all of a sudden it pitches up and then I have to go back and redo that because... Besides having the right voice, I have the right ears. You know, I'm very critical. I've got to make sure that it's absolutely perfect. And I listen and I listen and then I get it and then I can send it off. But there's so many voices out there. It's very competitive. So I would say the authentic voice or the right voice, you're up against a lot. And I'm really grateful that I'm just below 100 projects. I'm looking forward to hitting 100. Not 100 years old, but... (laughs) A hundred projects. I suppose if I said that to somebody, I said, well, you've got a long way to go to be a hundred, but that's not the thing. (laughs) Yes. So do you go through a process that's similar with each client to find that right voice? Well, the process is I want to know that they know what they want. They have a goal in mind. They've looked at that script. They finalize it. They don't change it. And also the communication. The communication with Teresa was really great. It was back and forth. We had to wait some. But some clients don't have good communication and they're not the ideal client. And it's important to just keep that communication going. No matter, there's hints, you know, along the way. And of course, you know, when you have good communication, oh, you can tell right away, oh, this feels good. Like you and I, this feels good because I remember meeting you on Carl's Podcast Alliance and there was no pressure. You know, I didn't feel that you were pressuring me for anything and we had a good chat and we did before when we talked a week or so ago. So communication is a lot. It means everything to me. And that's why I'm in Toastmasters because the communication there is really good. And there's a lot of friends. It's not just about speaking. I've got a lot of friends there. Well, that's great. I mean, communication is a major part of building relationships. So I think you'd almost have to 
purposely try to not build relationships when you're working on communication. And really, why would you want to do that when there's so many amazing people out there in Toastmasters? I know many who are in Toastmasters, and I'm actually thinking about joining myself. So you mentioned your ideal client. Do you want to talk a little bit more about who that is? Yes. They own a business or what they want to do. They know what they want to get. They work on that finalized script. They finalize it. They don't make any changes. They take their time with it. And when they communicate with me, they communicate clearly. I really understand what they want to accomplish. Part of that ideal client is, and Teresa was one of those, is that they actually pay right away, actually on the very day that it's done. Usually, you know, you have a few days to to get it done. And they refer people to me. You know, it keeps coming. It keeps flowing. You know, what I like about the business is it's about people and getting to know people. This pandemic, you know, being isolated, not getting out for three or four days, you know, when it was early in the pandemic, I was de-energized. And I get around people. Although you're way over there in Ontario, I feel energized. And I was energized on Saturday morning for almost three hours just being at Douglas College at Toastmasters. And I have got so many friends, you know, in this area. I make it part of my goals is to, you know, hang out with friends at certain times and connect with family. I think that's really some important factors of that. Yeah, for sure. Those connections are so important. And They're how we really thrive in our lives and in our businesses. This is a great conversation. And I think there's so much importance to finding that authentic voice or the right voice for our business selves, whether that's in the written word or the audio word. Is there any advice that you have for someone getting into the voiceover business? Yes, it's very competitive. So You know, you've got to be able to take rejection. Oh, it's not quite good enough, you know. Have your professional demo, you know, go to a studio, take some voiceover lessons. It's not as simple and easy. Like sometimes we say, oh, look at that person. They got up on stage and they looked so good and they sounded so good. But it's not an overnight success. It takes time. You know, some of these voiceovers, there is a female and a male voice they want. And it's all in the same one. And so you switch back and forth. Well, there's about 16 lines. And I realized I better do eight of them in that section and then do the next eight. And, you know, it took me one hour to get it where I wanted it and I submitted it. So there's a lot of things to learn and you'll learn as you go. There's always a lot more to learn. You learn from others by networking and finding out what other voiceover artists do. And on LinkedIn, there are different groups where you can put in a discussion and, you know, if you have questions. So you never know it all. You're always looking to learn more. And what if someone is looking to hire someone for voiceovers? What kinds of questions should they ask? Well, they should ask, what experience do you have? They should ask for some samples that they've already done, finished projects, They should ask about the price. You should get the price nailed down. There should be no surprises. They should have really good communication. I mean, communication is the whole key to the voiceover industry. When you're doing that voiceover, that's communication, but there's all the pre-communication and after communication. Because when I've done a voiceover, 
I always offer a LinkedIn post so that they can get more exposure. It doesn't cost anymore because I can do it and it doesn't cost me anything. And I've now I've got over a thousand connections on LinkedIn. And when I started out a few years ago, I couldn't imagine having a thousand, but there's a lot of momentum in just taking the step and moving into it. Well, it's been so great talking to you about different voices and finding the right voice. And here I am with the voice, Earl Thomas. Thank you so much, Earl. Well, you're welcome. I'd like to leave an offer if we've got time. Yes, please. Anyone who sends me an email at dukeearl at shaw.ca, I will offer 20% off my regular recording fee. And you would send your finalized script with all the directions, like do you want a narration, you know, high energy, low energy, and any pauses, word emphasis. There's lots of directions that you can give a voiceover artist. And then I'll do the free LinkedIn post with over a thousand followers and a thousand connections. So be glad to help any of your listeners. Or you got to title it is voice power in the email. Well, thank you so much. That's very generous. I'll definitely put your email and all that info in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you again soon on your show. Thanks, Catherine. I've enjoyed being with you today. Thanks for listening to The Right Connection. What did you think of the show today? Give us a rating and leave us a comment. If you have a question for Catherine, reach out to her by sending her an email, therightconnection at catherineburrowscreative.com or visit her website, catherineburrowscreative.com. And don't forget to follow Catherine on social media. Thanks again for listening to The Right Connection.